T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome to the Ultimate NFL Season Preview, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Our Locked On local experts are here to help you get ready for the NFL season by going division by division, covering every team, their rivals, and the best players. But first, our Odyssey insiders Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfour are here to share their thoughts on each division. Today, it's the AFC East. To kick things off, let's go to our Odyssey insider, the Princeton pigskin professor himself. Ross Tucker for his thoughts on the division. Hey, it is Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and I love talking AFC East football because my favorite team I ever played for, the Buffalo Bills, reside in the AFC East and the New England Patriots, who I also had a stint with. Look, I think this division is very interesting. I think we all know the Jets are probably going to be last place in the division, but Zach Wilson has looked so good in the preseason. I've been thoroughly impressed by the Jets rookie signal caller, he's he looks like he's a guy. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a star and give the Jets a legit quarterback to build around, which is very exciting for that franchise. As for the Patriots and the Dolphins, to me, they're kind of both in the same boat. I, I figure they both end up being around 500. You know, Tua Tungo-Vailoa is going to have to prove it this year. He got benched a couple times last year for a reason. You know, the Dolphins have been rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson market or other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers for a reason. Two is going to have to prove it. And in New England, I do think they've got a good recipe for success with the defense and the running game. But again, they're going to have to get solid quarterback play. I don't know if that is from Cam Newton. I think eventually it'll be from Mac Jones. But I think both those teams are probably around nine win teams in a 17-game slate. The class of the division is my beloved Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen had an MVP caliber year a season ago. I don't really see any reason why that should go the other direction this year. They've got more depth than they did a year ago. They're better on the D-line than they were a year ago, which gives the Bills a great chance not only to win the AFC East, but to take a step further to the Super Bowl. Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, joined by the fellow hosts of the AFC East, Kyle Krabs with the Miami Dolphins, Mike DeBate with the New England Patriots, John Butchko with the New York Jets. And we are going to talk about this AFC East. And first up are the Buffalo Bills, who claimed 
the division title for the first time since 1995. And so I'm anxious to hear what everybody else thinks about this Bills football team and if they can repeat as division champions and where they fall in the landscape of the AFC East. And so, Kyle, expectations are high for the Buffalo Bills, and uh, they've had a lot of success under Coach McDermott. They just gave Josh Allen the big contract extension. Certainly, they 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 perceive themselves as a team that is ready to uh, make another deep postseason run. Kyle, what do you what do you think about the 2021 Buffalo Bills? I think the thing that speaks the most to that confidence that you alluded to is effectively how so much of this team is just running it back from last year, right? You, you consider all of the opportunities that they had for players to leave in free agency and Matt Milano. And I know I was talking to you this offseason and you you were ready for Matt Milano to walk right out the door. And sure enough, mm-hmm. they managed to sign that contract extension with him and bring him back. And uh, the, the coordinators on both sides of the ball, Brian Dable was a, an attractive head coaching candidate, ended up not taking any of those positions. So he's back in Buffalo for yet another year. And just the continuity, and we talk about how important continuity is and being able to find that balance between not making changes just for the sake of making changes. And uh, Buffalo, it seems as though they they feel like, hey, we were really close. You know, we went out and we got a couple of pass rushers in this year's draft to kind of help boost us in that regard. But it feels like they're blank- banking on player development and a lot of the core and nucleus of the team taking another step forward in 2021. The question for me is if that's going to be enough for them to close the gap on the upper echelon teams, a-, a la the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the continuity with the Buffalo Bills returning 21 of 22 starters and all of the coaching staff and listening to Coach McDermott this offseason and as somebody who obviously covers this team and follows them very closely, Coach McDermott is not looking to admit any advantages. And so he's been saying, you know, continuity is a good thing, but you have to be careful to make sure that the ideas are fresh. And so he's tried to squash that as as an advantage because they're always looking for that underdog mentality. And so, Mike, as we bring you into this discussion, It's a little bit of a different uh, situation here. The New England Patriots have been on top of the AFC East for so long, and they finished seven and nine in the first season without uh, Tom Brady at the helm. And so they had an aggressive offseason. And we'll talk about the Patriots later on. But do you feel like the Bills are primed to repeat as division champions? And um, what's your overall outlook for them in 2021? Yeah, I've said this several times, Joe. I still think that everyone in the AFC East is still looking up at the Buffalo Bills. Look, the continuity that they're going to return this year, both on offense and on defense, puts them in the driver's seat in terms of being able to not only contend for a division title, but also contend for, I think, a conference title in the AFC. Uh, The Bills have a bitter taste in their mouth about how things ended last season, and they have a lot to build on this year. And I think they're primed for a run at Kansas City. Look, the offense is still going to continue to improve. Josh Allen's going to become even more comfortable in his ability to process information, be able to make the throws when he needs to. When that type of decision-making quickens, his confidence is going to quicken. And that's, I think, what is ultimately going to make 
this Buffalo Bills offense even better this year than it was last year as they continue to rely on great weapons like Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. They're they're able to utilize what they have very well. Defensively, you mentioned Matt Milano. Guys like Levi Wallace coming back on a one-year deal. Those are big moves for a team that wants continuity on defense, and they still boast one of the best defensive backfields in the NFL with you know guys like Tredavious White, of course, are going to continue to uh, to uh, anchor that uh, uh, that Bills secondary. So I still look at them as the class in the division, and I think uh, right now they're primed for another good run in 2021. John, host of the Locked on Jets podcast. The the Jets are obviously an interesting team in this division where they're rebuilding, and, and Robert Saylor is now the head coach, and I think they've had another strong draft, and they got a, their franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson as you consider this Buffalo Bills football team and um, you know, we, we talked in the past about how they were at a similar point when they both, you know, had a 2018 first round quarterback and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Adam Gase and Sean McDermott coming in at similar times. What's your perception of this Bills team in 2021? I'm very impressed by the organization from top to bottom. And I think as the other guys have stated they are the team to beat in the AFC East. And Joe, as you mentioned, the Jets and Bills both drafted a quarterback in 2018. And I kind of have been viewing the Bills in this parallel universe of that's what the Jets would have done if they were smarter. Because I watched the Jets when go out in 2019 and squander a lot of free agency dollars. I watched them have a lot of very thin draft classes, a lot of perplexing picks. Meanwhile, this team in our division who drafted a quarterback the same year made all the right moves. They went out and built an offensive line. They went out and got him weapons. They they built a defense. They made smart draft picks. They spent their free agent money wisely. But I, I'll go back a year before 2018 because in 2017, and this is something that really impressed me about the organization, the Bills made the playoffs for the first time in close to two decades and you see this across the NFL. Some team makes the playoffs, and what do they do the next offseason? They spend a lot of money because they think we're close. Well, in many instances, they're not really that close. What you see in the NFL sometimes is a team ekes out a wild card berth, but there are a lot of circumstances that played into it that were really beyond the team's control. They may have had a favorable schedule. They may have had some luck in some close games. They may have had injuries break their way and they go out and spend money that the next off season. And then the following year, the circumstances aren't as favorable and they aren't as good. And everybody's disappointed. Well, after the 2017 season, the bills did not follow that path. They kind of took a step back to take two steps forward. And that's something that's very rare in the NFL teams. Usually don't hit the brakes unless they're forced to, unless they have a bad season, but they saw that the team that they had, although it had made the playoffs the year before, was not really built for the long haul. So what they did was they tore it down and they built a stronger foundation. And that's one of the reasons I think that this Bills team is built to last, is that there's a lot of forward thinking in this front office. And it's just an organization I have a lot of respect for. So as I listen to the rival host talk about the Buffalo Bills, it's clear that there's a lot of optimism for what this team can accomplish in 2021. And as I reflect on a very cautiously optimistic viewpoint of watching this team get to this point where they're perceived as a contender. And I've been cautiously optimistic, obviously, every step of the way with Coach McDermott. One of the things that I've always said on the Lockdown Bills podcast is we've talked through 
the Bills glow up, if you will, is how are they going to meet the next moment? And I've I said <laughs> I said it so many different times, and they they continue to meet moments. And the next challenge for them is now there's expectations. You're not sneaking up on anyone. You were the AFC Championship game. You just gave your quarterback all the money. Your talent is well established at this point. How do you meet this moment? How do you embrace this role of everyone in this division looking up at you all of a sudden? You know, can you still convince yourself that you are hunting and not the hunted? And so I think this is just the next moment for the Buffalo Bills to meet. And let's see if they can put everything together and take that next step and really be more competitive with Kansas City, if not take them down. And for the Bills' sake, at least, hopefully represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So as we close this discussion on the Buffalo Bills, you are each going to have the opportunity to pluck a player from the Bills roster and insert them onto the team that you cover. And so I'm uh, I'm quite interested to hear which player you guys choose. And we'll start with Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins, for your pick. Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have a top five quarterback, your answer is probably going to be Josh Allen, and that would be the responsible choice. So there's obviously optimism in year two of tongue of year two of two at Tonga Valoa, but at this point, the play Josh Allen put on display last year is certainly uh, the most appealing potential addition off the Buffalo roster. If I were to not pick a quarterback, I'd probably pick Stephon Diggs, who had another phenomenal season for Buffalo. Uh, in his own right last year, and I think wins in a lot of the ways that some of the receivers, the Dolphins, went out this past offseason and added in Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller, the explosiveness, the separation ability, the quick twitch at the top of routes. Uh, Stephon Diggs would be a fine choice if I were to stay committed to Tua Tungvaloa quarterback. So uh, I'm cheating, but Joe, I know you more than anybody are always going to give yourself a couple of options based on uh, <laughs> if, if you had to take the field, you'd give yourself more than one out. And I'm giving myself more than one out here. Man, I respect it. I, I do. So, so Mike, uh, let's see what uh, your take is here. You're just going to go with Josh Allen. You get a double dip here. What's the plan, Mike? Well, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket and I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. Uh, anyone knows with the New England Patriots roster, if there is one Achilles heel right now that you're looking at with positional groupings, it's probably at the wide receiver position in terms of a, of a given number one. And even though the Patriots have proven in many years, either under Tom Brady or whatever, when it comes to uh, what the Patriots do offensively, that they can win without a number one wide receiver. Stefan Diggs is one of the most gifted route runners I've ever witnessed on a football field. He was someone that I was absolutely salivating over the Patriots getting. When the Bills picked him up, it hurt me. It did. It, it hurt me. I'm not going to lie. It was a definite difficulty uh, to uh, absorb that and watch him go to Buffalo and then watch him do what he did to us last year was even worse. But we won't get into that right now. Bottom line, if there was a player that I could pluck off of that roster, it would be Stefan Diggs because it would make the life of either Cam Newton or Mac Jones that much easier. All right, John, your choice of a player to pluck from the Bills roster and put on the Jets. I'm going to go to the Kyle Krabs school and give myself a couple of go, options. John. Because, uh, listen, as optimistic as I am about Zach Wilson, he's a rookie. He's never thrown a pass in the NFL. So, I think Josh Allen would have to be the choice. But if we're going to assume that quarterbacks are off the table, then I think you'd have to go with Tredavis White if you're the Jets because biggest hole on the roster right now for the New York Jets is the cornerback position. 
And just having one guy you can trust to lock down a receiver would change the defense. So I think that one's kind of an easy choice from a jet standpoint. You know, you have you have a premium corner like that who you who's an option for you. That's the that's gotta be the choice. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, going to take the wheel here from Joe Marino. Joe, don't worry. I'm going to kick it back to you in just a moment. Uh, But discussion going to shift to the 2020 second place team, the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, despite a 10-win season last year, not making the playoffs, they did not rest on their laurels. They were uh, aggressive this offseason and obviously as a part of their rebuild had a number of high draft selections to try and push this team over the top. So, Joe. I will bring this conversation back to you as the team who won the AFC East last year and won 13 games along the way. If you're looking at the Dolphins from a Buffalo Bills scope, what are your observations about this team in their efforts to try and close the gap with your football team? I think I've been pretty high on the way Miami has built this football team to this point. And I think a lot of the moves that they have made have very much been with the Buffalo Bills in mind. And you mentioned the Bills won 13 games last year. And I would say that Miami winning 10 games last year with a a less talented roster is incredibly impressive. And then going back to 2019, where they finished with a winning record across the last nine games with that roster is really, really impressive, which is a testament to the outstanding coaching staff that the Miami Dolphins have. And now they've had several off seasons now to start to craft the roster the way they want it with a lot of draft picks and a lot of free agent dollars. And I think that they have built a a pretty balanced roster. Obviously the big X factor is to a tongue of ILO. And if he takes the next step, but man, they've done a really good job, at least at the wide receiver and tight end position of giving him what I think he needs to be successful. The offensive line is a bit of a concern. A lot of young players there. It could come together, but I think that's probably the one thing that I would say that Tua doesn't have in totality complete for him yet is that offensive line. But when I think about this Miami Dolphins team offensively and them wanting to get downhill and and run the ball with with physicality and a lot of big offensive linemen and then having those field stretchers now and Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, I think that puts a lot of stress on a defense, especially the Bills, which I don't think is great when it comes to, to speed overall in the secondary to handle guys like Waddle and Fuller. And then I don't think stopping the run has been their strong suit ever under coach McDermott. And so I think about some of the challenges that Miami presents offensively against the bills defense. And it's something that I think is a well-constructed team to, to really present challenges to the bills. And then obviously defensively 
the Bills did well. Uh, Miami's defense, excuse me, against the Bills offense. The Bills offense had a lot of success last year against Miami, but for the most part, that was a really, really good defense, and and I think that they've continued to get personnel that they like. I think they got smarter in the secondary, bringing in Javon Holland in the draft, and McCourty is going to be a big asset to them, and they were able to bring back Xavier Howard. They got a downhill guy in Bernardrick McKinney now, a linebacker to go with Jerome Baker, a really dynamic pass rusher in Jalen Phillips, and I just feel like this team has really come together in terms of the talent and the roster and the way they want it to look, and so I think if there was ever a year where I feel like Miami poses the biggest threat to the Bills, it's it's this year with all the talent they've they've added and the outstanding coaching staff that's in place. Mike, I, I'm fascinated to hear your perspective of this team because you have a unique perspective of this team. Uh, in a lot of ways, the team-building methodology that Miami has put in play feels a little bit like looking in the mirror with New England with the value in the trenches and the, and the DNA on what they want up front in the line of scrimmage. So uh, be curious from your perspective. Obviously, New England and Miami are perceived to be on relatively equal footing coming into the 2021 season, expected to contend. But as you look at this team, knowing that there's a lot of Patriots fingerprints on the blueprint that the, the team has put into play, what stands out the most to you about the Dolphins coming into 2021 as year three of this rebuild? Well, I think right now what the Dolphins have done and building off of what Joe said is building a team that has very much in mind their opponents and really their opponents at the top of the division, which are the Buffalo Bills. Um, I can speak to the team building aspect of what the Dolphins are doing very well. I've watched Bill Belichick do it up here for a number of years. And Brian Flores has built such an amazing core in Miami right now of players that buy into the system, players that know exactly what their strengths are, they know what their areas of improvement are, and they're going to go ahead and they're going to work on doing that. That's why you saw Brian bring in guys like Ted Karras and uh, you know Kyle Van Noy last year. Obviously, they're both back in New England now. There's a reason for that because they fit so well into these systems. Um, you know, A player that I think is going to pay dividends for the Miami Dolphins this year is Adam Butler in the middle of that defensive line. Butler is so capable of not only getting after the passer, but also helping to stop the run, being a very key cog in the interior of a defensive line that I think is going to help Miami, uh, you know, vastly. And look, this was not a, a team that needed a whole lot of defensive help. If we're being honest, their sixth best pass defense in the league last year, it definitely had a, uh, um, a prowess in being able to stop the run as well. So I'm really enjoying to see what Miami is building, even from a, Patriots perspective it's a little bit painful knowing that Miami is that much uh, you know in line with competition with competing with New England Uh, but they're doing a great job on both sides of the ball I love the upgrades that they've made on the offense this year if indeed Tua Tagovailoa can take that next step and be that quarterback that everyone in Miami hopes he can be and thinks he can be could be another special year for the Dolphins. John as I shift this conversation to you uh, I'm really interested to hear What it is about the Dolphins that you feel like has given the Jets such a challenge? You know, this has been a historically very even rivalry, 55-55-1 all-time record between the two teams. But Miami has been hot as of late. The Jets won the second game in 2019, uh, but Miami had won six of the last seven games between the two teams. So 
this is obviously in the midst of a rebuild. And as a Jets fan, it's probably exciting to get some new DNA in there and hope to reestablish the identity of this team. So what is it about the Dolphins that you feel like has given the Jets a hard time in the past? And how do you feel like the Jets are starting their rebuild process to try and address that to continue this theme of trying to build your team to compete specifically with the teams in the division that you have to deal with every year? Well, you guys gave us Adam Gase, so that contributed to at least a couple of these games. Um, But then again, Gase was the Dolphins coach for a number of those Dolphins victories. You know, I don't know that there's anything specific about what the Dolphins have done that's given the Jets such a hard time because the Jets have been losing to pretty much everybody the last couple of years. But I look at what this Miami team did. You know, I mentioned how much I respect the job the Bills have done building their roster. I really have a lot of respect for what the Miami Dolphins have done. I think that they've done a tremendous job. You know, you think back to that game they played midseason 2019 between uh, against the Jets. They entered that game 0-7, and they had pretty much just begun an ent- a total teardown process. And at that point, it looked like they were they may end up being one of the worst teams in NFL history in 2019, and they beat the Jets. I don't think that there's a single person going into that game who would have guessed that they'd go 15-10 and 10 over their next 25 games. I think it's just a testament to the culture that they're building. Uh, Brian Flores, I think, has done a phenomenal job those first two seasons. He had that team playing hard through what should have been a lost 2019 season, and they took a big step forward last year. Again, I, I go back to what I say about the Bills. There was long-term thinking. They, The Dolphins, I think, had kind of been moving along, and they, they were always kind of like in the middle of the league. They were never quite good enough to contend. They were never quite bad enough to bottom out. And I'm not sure the goal was necessarily to bottom out, but I think the goal was just to kind of reset and give themselves a chance to build something sustainable. And they did th- that through acquiring all those draft picks, through creating all that cap space. So again, you know, a lot of it depends on how Tua turns out. I think that there are still some questions about him. But this is a team... Uh, another team along with Buffalo in this division that's built a very firm foundation. And you, know, you hate to see it as, as a Jets fan to see so many teams operating so smartly in the same division. But the turnaround is a real testament to the people running the team, you know, the front office and the coaching staff, I think. So I'm going to give you guys the chance to pluck some talent off of this Dolphins roster. And Joe, I'll start with you. Any player off the Dolphins roster and we'll we'll use the 80 man roster just in case you want to get creative and take somebody who might be cut on Tuesday. Uh but you could take anybody off the Dolphins roster. Who are you taking for Buffalo? I think it's got to be Xavier Howard at cornerback um who I think would represent a significant upgrade to Levi Wallace as the cornerback opposite of Tredavious White and obviously the ability to take away the football and create turnovers is so important and who's been better at that than Xavier Howard at corner. I don't think anybody. And so being able to insert him into the bills defense would be just monumental. And if I could double dip, you know, I got a double dip. There it is. Jalen Waddle, man. I, I, I just feel like he would be so perfect for the bills offense with the, the spread formations that they like to run. Uh, obviously a, a vertical threat, but he can just do everything. And then also his ability as a punt returner. And that's one of my big concerns for the bills this year is this punt returner thing. And so I think Jalen Waddle would definitely elevate uh, the big play potential of the Buffalo bills. Well, I expected a double dip from Joe. 
I don't know if I expect a double dip from Mike. Mike, same question to you. You can poach any talent or talents if you need to. Who you got your eye on for the Patriots? Well, this is going to sound really well. Uh, first of all, uh, is there any way that we can get J-Mac back up here in New England? I, I miss the hell out of Jason Forty, <laughs> which really one of the great guys I've ever had the chance to cover. I love his brother Devin to death. I also love Jason as well. So I miss I miss him an awful lot. So from a personal standpoint, I would love to have Jason McCourty back. But from a logistical standpoint, if I'm Bill Belichick and I'm trying to poach the best possible talent that I could get from uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with uh, with Joe's suggestion. I'm going to go with Xavier Howard on this simply because the Patriots right now have some uncertainty at the cornerback position. Stephon Gilmore remains on the physically unable to perform list. Does he come back? Is he the same type of player? J.C. Jackson has looked good in spurts, but can he be the number one? This Patriots defense right now is so predicated on getting good play out of their defensive backfield that having a corner like Xavier Howard, uh, obviously at the top of most teams wish lists, either on the side of JC Jackson or possibly even on the side of Stefan Gilmore would make that a very formidable secondary. So he'd be the guy that I'd want to get distant second. Well, not so distant second would probably be Jalen Waddle again, the Alabama connection. I know Mac Jones would love to have him here. <laughs> John, uh, I know you picked a corner from Buffalo be interested to see if if there's somebody that would catch your eye more for the Jets amid the start of this rebuild process off the Dolphins roster. I think I have to go with Xavier Howard also because now I've I've upgraded from Bryce Hall and Bless Austin to Tredavious White and Xavier Howard. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, he he's the clear choice though. Uh, you talk about a guy who's a tremendous ball hawk, and you know. A lot of people would tell you that the two positions where you lose games quickest in the NFL through poor play are quarterback and cornerback. So I think whenever you have a chance to add a top-notch corner, it's something you have to strongly consider. Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, joining my esteemed colleagues, Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins, and John Puchko, host of the Locked On Jets podcast. Little AFC East roundtable today, gentlemen, and... The New England Patriots once again find themselves in unfamiliar territory for the second consecutive year. They find themselves looking up at teams in the AFC East. And maybe, depending on your perspective, they're looking up at one, if not maybe two teams in this division. I'm sorry, John. But in any case, the New England Patriots were very unpatriot-like in 2020, finishing the season with a 7-9 and record, missing the playoffs, and, of course, not taking home any divisional or conference hardware. Hard to believe, folks, but it was indeed the truth. The New England Patriots knew this better than anybody. So what did Bill Belichick and company do in the offseason? Went out and spent big in free agency, something they're usually not akin to doing. Two top tight ends on the market. The Patriots knew they had a desperate need for help at the tight end position. They didn't get not one, but both of them. Hunter Henry, John o. Smith, now wearing Patriot blue in Foxborough. Also upgrading the defensive line. A gentleman that Kyle Krabs knows very well, defensive tackle Devon Godchow, really providing a solid amount of interior defensive line strength. Went out and bolstered the, uh, the linebacking core as well, bringing in Matt Judon from the Baltimore Ravens, upgrading the wide receiver core in Nelson Aguilar and in Kendrick Bourne, and also adding cornerback Jalen Mills to help solidify that secondary. But 
the biggest offseason acquisition, arguably, was through the draft. Drafting at number 15 overall, Mac Jones of the University of Alabama to come in and potentially be the Patriots quarterback of the future. Whether he actually is the quarterback of the present is still a matter of conjecture. But, gentlemen, I now go around the table and ask you your opinion on the New England Patriots. And, Joe, considering that your Bills are division champions, when you look at this Patriots roster and their ability to possibly challenge the Dolphins and maybe even the Bills in the AFC East, what were you most impressed with and what are still some of your not concerns, but maybe I'll believe it when I see it moments when it comes to the New England Patriots. Well, you you mentioned what I'm most impressed with. I think I have to go back to last season. And this was obviously a team in transition, a lot of pieces gone, a lot of opt-outs due to COVID. And I thought the roster really took a, a massive dip in terms of talent. And Bill Belichick still coached that team to seven wins. And I don't think anyone's going to ever be that impressed with a seven and nine season. But I think all things considered for that to happen last year is a testament to what Bill Belichick is capable of. And I think we can all agree that there has been a massive uptick in the amount of talent on this roster. You did a good job of kind of working through the offseason and explaining where those additions have been made. And so now you have a much more talented roster. And, and what can Bill Belichick do with this? And we know. Belichick staff has always been amazing at maximizing talent and, and putting players in position to succeed. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated by the way they got this talent. I, I don't think anyone expected them to go out and be as aggressive as they were in free agency. Um, that's never been really the Patriot way, if you will, but you know, they definitely had the cap space available and they used it. And so um, it's just a different team. And I think we understand that offensively, they're going to want to run the football big physical offensive line, uh, a, a deep stable of running backs from Andre Stevenson looks terrific in the preseason. Damian Harrison is uh, Damian Harris is very steady. Uh, they still have James white back there. JJ Taylor. I think they're going to want to get these backs involved. They're going to throw the ball to tight ends and they want to use that deep ball. That that's the best thing that Mac Jones did at Alabama. In my mind was throw the, throw the deep ball, throw that nine route. And they've got a player now in Nelson Aguilar that can, that could you know, stretch the field and, and, get open down the field. And so I think we understand what this team's going to be offensively and, and defensively. We're talking about the greatest defensive mind in the history of the NFL and Bill Belichick. And so he's got a lot more talent at his disposal. And so I think this team is, you know, if they can win seven games last year with that roster, I expect them to win several more games this year and, and really make this AFC East a lot more competitive. Kyle, you know the Patriot system, having studied now a couple of years uh, with the prowess of Brian Flores as head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And the New England Patriots have some former Dolphins on their roster, just like the Dolphins have some former Patriots on their roster. I mentioned earlier the return of Kyle Van Noy and Ted Karras uh, to this team, Devon Gottschow, now obviously a member of the New England Patriots. In terms of the competitiveness between both of these teams, because it seems to be the national consensus that the Patriots and the Dolphins are going to essentially be in a dogfight for second place in that division, or maybe being able to challenge Buffalo if either one of these teams can get hot. Kyle, when you look at the New England Patriots, what about this team worries you when it comes to their potential of challenging the Dolphins and how do you see uh, the two teams being able to work this out as we move toward the 2021 season? Yeah, I think one of the big things about 
the history of Bill Belichick versus his disciples is, is Bill Belichick typically performs very well against his former assistants. And uh, this series is split at this point in time. It's two and two. They've, they've gone one and one against each other in each of Brian Flores's first two years. So that's a source of optimism for Miami. But as Joe mentioned, the talent on this team is significantly better in so many places. It's just a question of with the, warts that the roster does have with the wide receiver position, so to say, uh, is that going to be problematic for them or is their team identity? And I think the answer is going to be yes, is that their team identity is going to allow them to manage games and win them in a, in a manner in which you probably not going to average 30 points a game but you're going to have probably two less possessions than in a typical game because they're going to grind you down and they're going to run the ball right at you. And as they get those linebackers to suck up and fill in the run, then they're going to go play action with these tight ends that they brought into the picture. And it's going to put you in a lot of conflict and it's going to really test your discipline. Uh, the, the thing I'm most fascinated with, with new England is we've talked about all this new talent that has come in a lot of new pieces how quickly does that come together? I think if New England starts the season fast, you could be talking about contending for an AFC East championship. But if they come in, you potentially have a new quarterback in Mac Jones, who's a rookie. You have a number of new pieces on the defensive side of the ball in the front seven and new spots. You know, how quickly does that all come together? And that's something that we saw the Dolphins last year, the first month of the season, they started one and three and then went nine and three the rest of the way. If New England can avoid with so many new pieces, that kind of lethargic start, just because this is a complex scheme where there's a lot of communication that's required and a lot of people being on the same page and understanding we're, we're not going to play a lot of vanilla defenses. We're going to do a lot of complex stuff. That to me is the most fascinating storyline with the Patriots. Very good point, Kyle. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that in terms of getting off to a good start with a lot of new pieces. It's much easier said than done. And even for a great teacher like Bill Pelichek, it can be a difficulty. So all of a sudden, that 425 p.m. date on September 12th to open the season between the Dolphins and the Patriots is looking pretty large uh, and will loom large in terms of who's going to contend for this division. John, the... Rivalry between the Jets and the Patriots has been relatively one-sided for the last few years. <laughs> I don't think I'm saying anything beyond what I'm, uh, you know, at liberty to say. But uh, things are changing in New York, and they are changing for the better. And they are building something with the Jets that I think could make this rivalry, and really, I think the Jets' place in the AFC East very interesting within the next couple of years. Uh, they're building the right blocks on both sides of the football to build a team that I think can remain in contention and potentially, uh, you know, a, a team that is reckoned with for many years to come. Bill Belichick loves to ruin the lives of rookie quarterbacks, and he's done so with some of the quarterbacks that you've seen in uh, New York. But Zach Wilson is not your typical rookie. There's a prowess there and a maturity there that allows him to play beyond his years. 
in terms of how close the Jets are to maybe overtaking the Patriots or maybe even the Dolphins in this division, when you look at the rivalry between these two teams, how do you see it playing out this year? And what have the Jets done to make sure that they're right in the mix along with the Pats and the Dolphins this year? Well, you know, I'm not sure the Jets are there yet. I still think the Jets are, are closer to the beginning of their build. But I think one of the things that they've done is they they've prioritized the offensive line. They you know, they've used first round picks the last two years on the offensive line. They they added Morgan Moses late in free agency this year. Uh, so you know the Patriots Jets. It was kind of interesting, Mike. I remember we spoke right before the season finale, and we talked about how the Jets and the Patriots were likely to be two of the most active teams in free agency this off season, and that's exactly the way things played out. And you mentioned that the Patriots have had the Jets number for the last number of years. I think that that number would probably be around 20 years or so. Um, it's been it's been a tough stretch for for the Jets and their fans. You know, I think the one thing that just comes to mind for me when he, when you're talking about the Patriots is now Patriots fans know what the rest of the NFL feels like because it seems like every single year. You could pencil in before the season even began. New England was going to win 12 games. They were going to get a first round by, you know, there may be some struggles early in the season, but Belichick would make some trade mid season to fix whatever hole that they had. And now there are some question marks, you know, as, as the other guys alluded to Patriots brought in some talent, but it's going to be interesting to see how the pieces fit together. It'll see, be interesting to see how they'll gel, especially early and you also have a rookie quarterback. And, you know, I, I like the fit for Matt, Mac Jones. I, Mac Jones was the kind of guy I felt like needed to go to the right situation. And I think New England could very well be the right situation for him. But there's always a question of how rookies will adjust to the NFL. There are some successful rookie quarterbacks who have rough times. And, you know, I, I wouldn't count Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson... I'm expecting big things from Zach Wilson this season, but I would not be surprised if there were some some rough games here or there. So, you know, I think the Jets are moving in the right direction. I think the Patriots, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, the Patriots aren't the team that they've been in the past. Mm -hmm. This is no longer the type of team where, you know, going in, they're going to win the division by three games, that they're going to automatically get a first round by. They could be a very good team this year, but there's more, there's more of a question mark than there's been in the last two decades. So I think, you know, you see two teams moving in kind of opposite directions. Will it be enough for the jets to catch new England? You know, I don't, I don't know. All right, gentlemen, this probably is the moment that you've all been waiting for. And uh, my good friends and esteemed colleagues on the other side of the microphone are going to get to live out their dream. They're going to get to stick it to bill Belichick. I know they've wanted to do this really probably since they first started in football fandom. So, Joe, we'll start with you. If you're poaching the New England Patriots roster, who are you taking away from Bill and company? Yeah, I'm going to the offensive line, and I'm going to guard. I'm getting Shaq Mason, and I think, obviously, he's one of the better guards in the NFL, but when you think about putting him on the Buffalo Bills, where I think the interior offensive line, specifically at guard, is upgradable, where it's Ike Bakker and Cody Ford and John Feliciano, some combination of those two will be your starters. Um, Shaq Mason represents a significant upgrade, and obviously he's outstanding as a run blocker, and the run game was a bit of a struggle for the Bills last year, and I think that he would be exactly what the Bills would want to create push up front and maintain that pass protection for Josh Allen with the pressure up the middle. 
can't go wrong with a good old lineman. And Shaq has looked excellent in training camp alongside big Trent Brown. So yeah, good choice. Solid choice. Kyle, what say you, what would you want to see in the Miami Dolphins uh, universe that currently resides in Foxborough, Massachusetts? Speaking of big Trent Brown, uh, the Dolphins right tackle situation. They're hoping Liam Eikenberg is eventually going to wrestle that spot away. Uh, but he got a little bit of time rotated in at left guard early on in camp. Looked pretty good, but Solomon Kinley, who was a rookie from 2020, has since stepped up his play. Looks like he solidified that. Uh, and for the time being, Liam Eikenberg is, is probably, just from a lack of experience perspective, uh, going to be phased in throughout the course of the season and eventually take over at some point mid-season at the right tackle. But if I could take Trent Brown, knowing how good he was the last time he was in New England, and knowing that the Dolphins won a lot of the same things. They they traded a seventh-round pick for uh, Isaiah Wilson, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, who's built very similar, brings a lot of physical tools in the same capacity as Trent Brown. But I get a proven asset in Trent Brown that I can use to start uh, for a year or two while Liam Eikenberg is, is kind of developed. That would be a really attractive option for me. Good choice. Very good choice. Okay, John, who makes that short trip down I-95 to the Meadowlands on the green side of the Meadowlands? Who would you poach if you could take a player from the Patriots roster? I'm going to go with somebody I was hoping the Jets would go after in free agency, and that is Hunter Henry. I think that he is a unique player. I think he adds a different dimension to an offense. And, you know, I, I was going to make a joke earlier about how the Jets devastated the Bills by signing Tyler Croft this offseason, uh, taking the tight end away from Buffalo. But tight end's a big question mark for the Jets. There's no, there's not really an obvious starter there right now. I think Hunter Henry would add an extra dimension to the Jets' offense and complement the receivers that they've brought in this offseason. John Butchko here, along with my colleagues Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots, Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, talking about the AFC East today, and now we turn our attention to the New York Jets. And gentlemen, I remember a year ago we all got together in the offseason, and there was a unanimous consensus that the future seemed very bright for the New York Jets, but 2020 was going to be a painful year because of the issues with the roster, because Adam Gase was still around. And now that we're here entering the year, entering the 2021 season, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the Jets' trajectory. So let's begin with my colleague Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. Joe, looking at this Jets roster right now, I mean, I think most of it, I think we would all agree it's not quite there yet. But how do you do you think the future is bright for this franchise? You know, I'm a big fan of of Joe Douglas at general manager and, and Robert Sala as the head coach of this team. And so I think they did a really good job of getting those two people in the building. And they have a lot of resources at their disposal to continue building. There's plenty of cap space. There's plenty of draft capital, uh, a couple of first round picks again next year. And I really like what Joe Douglas had do has done specifically through the draft. And, you know, they've they've got that quarterback now in Zach Wilson. And so I think when you start to identify the key things that you need to turn the corner and, and turn into a sustained winner, you got your GM, you got your head coach, you got your quarterback. And, and I think those, those boxes being checked really allows them to uh, take that next step. And so I don't think I have a ton of optimism for the jets in 2021. I still think that they have holes uh, all over this roster, particularly at defensive end now with Carl Lawson being out. Uh, linebacker, they need a running mate for C.J. Mosley. Corner is something that 
is definitely an area of concern. So I don't know that they have enough on this roster to really make noise, but the optimism stems from having a GM and having a head coach and having a quarterback that is that it looks to be like he's going to be dynamic and one of those difference maker type quarterbacks if you know he stays on the trajectory that I think he is and what we've seen so far in the preseason. So uh, my my expectations for them this year is to continue to grow and, and sh- work through some growing pains and learn how to win football games. But I don't think it's going to be too much longer before the Jets are are back into the mix of com- of competing in the division. Now, Kyle, uh, the Jets and Dolphins have kind of gone through – the Jets are kind of going through a similar path the Dolphins went through a f- few years back. Mm-hmm. Years of frustration leading to the hiring of Adam Gase, leading to the dismissal of Gase, and essentially hitting the reset button. What are some of the things you can tell Jets fans about the process of moving forward after you've kind of bottomed out? Yeah, and what's really interesting, John, is two years before Miami hit – their reset, the bills hit their reset and everybody felt like we were chasing after new England for so long. And finally Buffalo said in 2017, you know what? We're going to tear it down. We're going to do it right. And then two years later, Miami says, you know what? We're going to tear it down. We're going to do it right. And now the jets are in this exact same position where you got a defensive minded head coach. You find a young quarterback. You're willing to invest in the trenches. I would say this, do not marry yourself in 2021. Do not marry yourself to the scoreboard as much as you marry yourself to the process of the young players and seeing how they evolve throughout the course of the season. You know, if you get into week one, listen, the Dolphins went out in the first game of the Brian Flores era and were down 42 to nothing at halftime or whatever it was. And they lost that game. 59 to 10, and they lost their first two games by a combined 90 something points. It was a bloodbath. But this is a marathon that you're running here. This is not something that is immediately going to flip the switch and you're going to find yourself in a really favorable spot. So, guys like Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson. You know, looking at those key cornerstone pieces and looking to see, okay, how are they adjusting to making mistakes in the game? And the wins will take care of itself. And I really love the hire of Robert Sala as far as defensive-minded coach. He's a very disciplined coach. He's highly respected. It seems as though he's got good rapport with his players. These are all parallels to what the Dolphins chose with their head coaching hire. So let this foundation settle let it grow throughout the course of this year and find victories other than just what the wins are in the first half of the season and i'd be willing to bet by december the jets are playing a heck of a lot better football than they were in september now let's turn it over to mike and mike i'll tell you the last couple of years when joe and i have gotten together before jets bills game we've been able to give progress reports because the teams drafted quarterbacks the same season and it became quite depressing from the jet standpoint to compare sam darnold's process progress against that of zach uh, i'm sorry not zach wilson uh, josh allen and mike i guess we're going to be able to do that now now that the Jets have drafted Zach Wilson, the Patriots have je- drafted Mac Jones. Can you speak a little bit about the quarterback rivalry we could see developing in this division among the 2021 draft class? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you take a look at what the Jets did by drafting Zach Wilson, and I think they're putting the right pieces in place. Zach, to me, has a great chance to succeed here in New York because the hiring of offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, who runs that quarterback-friendly West Coast system, that's definitely a start. Wilson played in a very similar offense at BYU. So you want to find the right type of quarterback that's going to be able to succeed in your system with your offensive coordinator. I'm seeing that firsthand every time I observe practice, watching the Patriots and Mac Jones, that quick timing-based offense that's based on play on uh, you know quarterback making crisp accurate passes delivering the ball on time accurately and only where the receiver can catch it mac jones has done a great job for the new england patriots in that regard and i look for the same type of progress over the course of the next couple of years with zach wilson in new york it's again like kyle said a marathon not a sprint so there are going to be rookie hiccups for both you know, players. There are going to be moments where they do look like they're on the cusp of becoming stars in this league. Mac Jones had a, a moment earlier this week on Wednesday, definitely going through uh, joint practices with the Giants, looked very much in control and completing 18 straight passes at one point against a starting level Giants defense. But at the same time, there were moments on Thursday where he did look very rookie-like. So I think there's going to be a period where these two guys give you a glimpse of what the future is going to look like, but there are also going to be times where you're brought back to earth a little bit. Depending on the supporting cast, I'm thinking maybe Mac may have a few more of those moments in 2021, simply because I think the supporting cast is a little bit better equipped. But both of these quarterbacks, I think, are on the cusp of something. It just may take a couple of seasons before we really see what both the New York Jets and the New England Patriots have moving forward at the quarterback position. But I look forward to discussing it with you for many years to come, my friend. I do too. So, all right. So, guys, one player you could take off the New York Jets roster, who would it be? Joe Marino. Yeah, I'm going with Quinn and Williams. And I'm surprised we've talked Jets for as long as we have. And I don't think his name has come up. That guy was outstanding last year. He showed you exactly why he was such a high pick in 2019. And I think he's destined to become one of the most impactful interior defensive lineman in the game. And so putting him into this Bills defense and having him line up next to Ed Oliver on some reps and you know being able to move him around and just get after the quarterback and get into the backfield, I think any defense would love to have a player like Quinton Williams. Kyle Krabs, are you taking Quinton Williams or are you going in another direction? Yeah, I'd also take Quinnen. Uh, interior pressure is the quickest way to make an opposing quarterback uncomfortable and ultimately at the end of the day, uh, you, you think about Mike mentioned bringing in Adam Butler as as somebody who's really successful in creating penetration, and I think that's the one thing that Miami needed to get better at this offseason from a front seven perspective was finding more guys that can just win your one-on-ones in pass rush situations, and there's no question Quinn and Williams can do that. Uh, so he's he's my choice here for Miami to really flesh out their front seven and pass rush. Mike debate, are you going to make it unanimous or are you going in a different direction? I'm going to go in a different direction because, as you know, the Patriots have beefed up their defensive line. They've beefed up their linebacker position. Again, where I think they're a little bit weak 
is at the wide receiver position. And the, the Jets picked up someone that I really loved, a Patriot-type fit, and that's rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore. I think Moore has the potential to be one of the better slot receivers in the game eventually, and I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but in New England right now, we're taking a long-term approach, we're taking a long-term vision with Bill Belichick and with the type of offense that Josh McDaniels runs more could really be an effective weapon here. I would love to see him wearing a Patriots uniform. Thanks for tuning in to the Ultimate Season Preview. Wrapping things up, it's our Odyssey insider Ross Tucker with his predictions for the division. All right, let's talk AFC East and my predictions. Is there anybody out there that doesn't think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this division? I mean, maybe they have some type of crazy regression or relapse, but they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Frankly, They've got one of the best rosters in the NFL. I can really only envision three teams in the AFC playing in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills. Actually, I take that back. Get the Ravens out of there. The Chiefs, the Browns, and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills win this division. I think they have 12 wins, maybe even 13. I'll go New England and Miami both win nine games. They both go nine and eight. They're next. And the Jets... I think the Jets might even be able to win six or seven games with Zach Wilson and the boys, although those defensive injuries in the preseason really hurt that squad. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our eight-part series breaking down all 32 teams across all eight divisions ahead of the 2021 NFL kickoff as the ultimate NFL season preview brought to you by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network continues. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.